Building Faith podcast by Chris Reese Ministries is a podcast to bring you biblical solutions to life's tough challenges. For more tools, tips, and teachings, check out our community by going to chrisreese.com. That's K-R-I-S-R-E-E-C-E.com. Have you ever been frustrated reading your Bible? Maybe your desire is to know God more through his word, but you feel like something's wrong with you. Well, you're not alone. Many struggle with understanding and enjoying the Bible. And that's why I have a special guest with me today to answer a question that I get frequently within our community. Alan Parr is here with me today to answer the question, what do you do when you're frustrated reading the Bible? Alan Parr Jr. is a licensed and ordained minister and has been teaching the Bible for 25 years. In 2004, Alan graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary with a Master of Theology degree with an emphasis on pastoral leadership. He is also a certified instructor for Walk Through the Bible. Alan is founder of The Beat, an online Bible teaching ministry that publishes videos that reach thousands of weekly viewers worldwide. Alan has a passion for helping people to discover the joy of studying the Bible. That's why I knew that Alan needed to join us today. So please join with me as we dive right into my talk with Alan. Welcome, Alan. I so am so glad to be connecting with you here. When this question came in, listen, I knew that I had to have you on this show. So, you know, I get questions like this all the time and and I just want to share with my listeners for a moment, when, when questions like this came in, I, I was prompted a while back to consider creating a course on how to study the Bible, but I'm not a huge fan of reinventing the wheel. So what I did is I did a little bit of research and I wanted to see if there was anything out there that I could refer people to. And that's when I came across Alan Parr and he had this Bible study course. It was called Bible study made easy. And my friend, I got to tell you, it was excellent. Mm. It was thorough, but it was easy to follow. So here's what I did. I enrolled because I always study the stuff before I recommend it to you guys. But here's what I found. I found myself actually looking forward to the lessons and I picked up quite a few tips. So there was no question that I could confidently recommend this course to others. So Alan, thank you for joining us. And I wanted to say thank you for creating this course. Welcome. Well, it's such a pleasure and honor to be with you, Chris, and your, um, your viewers. And so thank you so much for enrolling in the course and for telling others about it. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but uh, super excited to join you all and to hang out today. Terrific. Yes, we definitely want to talk more about the course later. But what I want to do is I want to dive right into that question. So one of our viewers wrote in, and here's what she asked. She says, what do you do if you're frustrated reading the Bible? I try to, but I don't understand it. I struggle to see how 2,000-year-old stories are able to help me. I struggle to see what God wants me to do in certain situations. So, Alan, we're going to dive right in. I got to imagine this is a common struggle. What would you say to her? How would you help her, Alan? Yeah, well, first of all, I would explain to her that she's not alone, that um, you know, there's so many Christians that have a desire to want to learn how to study the Bible but they struggle, right? And so typically I ask, ask this question, you know, is your Bible study either missing, miserable, or mysterious, right? Mm. So is it missing means, hey, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I'm not studying my Bible at all. 
you know, um, mysterious is like, hey, I have the desire to want to do it, but um, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to start, but my desire is there, right? I want to do it. And then miserable is I am doing it on a regular basis, but it's miserable. I'm not getting anything out of it. It's boring. It's frustrating, Mm -hmm. right? So you kind of try to fit yourself in one of those categories to figure out kind of where you are. So it sounds to me like she's kind of in that third category where it's like, hey, I'm doing it. My heart's in the right place. I'm trying, getting up every day, trying to study it, but it's just miserable. And so for that, um, there's several reasons typically why people struggle with Bible study. And, you know, the first is that they've never been taught how to study the Bible. And whenever we think about something, just anything in general in life, if you're not taught properly how to do it, it's going to be frustrating. I can think about me playing golf. And one of the reasons why I get get frustrated when I play golf is because even though I can have some success because I'm athletic, I've never actually learned the proper techniques of a good golf swing because I'm all self-taught. So when I go out there and I hit the ball in the woods, I get frustrated because I don't have a good foundation. No one's ever really taught me. And I think that's the first major reason why people get frustrated with their Bible study is because they're trying to figure it out without ever having been taught. So that kind of leads me to the second one, which is they get frustrated because they're trying to do it by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like working out or losing weight or exercising or anything like that. Anything that we typically try to do by ourselves is normally more difficult for us because Mm -hmm. it's harder for us to find that internal motivation that very few people have by themselves intrinsically motivated. So when you're trying to study the Bible by yourself, you're left up to your own, you know, understanding, is this right? Am I interpreting this correctly? Does this what this means? You know, and you just get frustrated because you don't know what to do. So now you've got, I've never been taught. I'm doing it by myself. And then the third reason is most people don't have a plan for their Bible study. They get up in the morning and they do the biblical roulette and Mm -hmm. they just kind of flip through and they're like, oh, I think I'll read Jeremiah this morning, right? And so they just jump right in and they don't have a plan Mm -hmm. for how they're going to attack their quiet time with God. And what ends up happening, at least for me in years prior, whenever I was trying to do it that way, is essentially you end up sometimes spending more time each day trying to figure out what you're going to read as opposed to actually reading it yourself. Cause you're like, Oh, Jeremiah, uh, that's a prophetic book. I don't really understand that one. And then you flip again, Psalms. I'm tired of reading Psalms. I always read Psalms. That's I read Psalms yesterday. Uh, okay. Matthew. Um, okay. I'll read that. And, and, and you spend five, six minutes and, and it's a struggle. Um, I'll add one more thing too. And I think that one other final thing that I'll add here, as I thought about it is, Sometimes we get frustrated because we have too high expectations. Mm. We, we dig into the Bible and we're like, we expect God to just like every time we open up the Bible to have this like God oh. moment. Yeah, exactly. Like we're like the heavens open and God gives us some amazing, like for lack of a better term, rhema word that's going to yes. change our lives for the day. And, and when we don't have that experience, we feel like, the time that we spent just mm. simply reading the Bible was a waste of time because I didn't quote unquote get any major revelation right. from God. It was just I read my Bible today, and you know, so that that's um, 
that's another 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 reason uh, that I think people struggle. Let me add one more, then I'll think about please, it. Please, yes. You're just like is, dropping is, these nuggets, <laughs> this wisdom nuggets. Please drop them. Okay, good, good. So I think another one is that we often read the Bible, but we don't study the Bible. And I know for me, when I'm just reading the Bible, it's good. It's great. We should read the Bible, no doubt. But if you're a Christian and you kind of grew up in the church, you knew some of the stories, you know about Jonah and the whale, you know about Daniel and the lion's den, reading those stories over and over again, it just feels sometimes, if I'm honest, sorry, Lord, but it feels sometimes like, okay, I'm not really getting anything out of this because I know these stories and you kind of go into it with the mentality of, okay, I'm just bored because I've read this a hundred times. Right. You know, should the Lord show us something new each time? Yes, but sometimes. But when we learn how to study the Bible, it opens up a whole new excitement to Bible study because now mm-hmm. we're learning new things. We're learning about the context. We're learning about the culture. We're learning about the Greek and the Hebrew. And we're like, wow, that was cool. I never learned that. And it, mm-hmm. and it makes us want to open up the Bible again. And again, it's like getting good at golf. When you get good at golf, you want to play golf more. And so those are just a few reasons why I think people struggle with Bible study and get frustrated. Wow, guys, I, I really hope you're taking notes because I was. <laughs> I, I especially love the um, biblical roulette. You know, how many times do we just open the Bible and go, you? And yeah. then we expect that to speak to us so profoundly like some fortune cookie. And, you know, look, in the beginning, sometimes when we first come to Christ and we open up the Bible and it was exactly what we needed to hear, we think that, okay, this must be the way to study the Bible. And, and personally, I think that's just God's grace that's on us to say, I'm here, I love you, and I'm speaking to you. But as we grow and mature, we have to start to dive a little bit deeper. So. Can you share with us the difference between reading and studying? What yeah. would that practically look like? Yeah, great. So, um, you know, reading the Bible, uh, you know, is pretty much you're not using any of the Bible tools. You're not really, you're, you're, you're pretty much reading it like you'd read a newspaper or an article mm. um, or a blog. You're just basically consuming information. Uh, you're, you're just kind of reading it, but you're not necessarily taking it to the next level to, to, to discern the deeper understanding of of what it means to, to study the Bible. So reading, okay. I'm just reading the words. I may or may not even understand 80% of what I'm reading, but I got through it that day and I'm done with that. And I got about 20, 25% of what it's, what it means. Studying takes things to the next level. And you, you come to the text with questions. You say, okay, who is writing this? Why are they writing it? Where are they writing it from? To whom are they writing it to? And what's the overall purpose of this letter? What's the background to this book of Jeremiah, right? So why why is Jeremiah's book even written? What was Jeremiah, um, you know, let's say Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that God has for you, right? People typically just read that. But like, okay, why was what's the context for this, right? So you start to ask questions like context. You start to ask questions like, what was the culture? So I typically have like three or four C's. Context, right? What is the context of this passage? Uh, What came before it? What came after it? And then uh, culture, right? Is there anything about the biblical culture 
that was different in that day as compared to our, if you're living in the United States, our culture today. Well, there's a huge difference a lot of times with how we live our lives versus how they did. So if you can bridge that gap and then cross references, right? That's a huge part of studying the Bible is, okay, if I come across a verse that I don't know what it means, are there other verses in the Bible that can help shed some light on this particular verse that I can say, wow, okay, now I understand what this verse means because of the last five verses that I read Mm. sprinkled throughout the New Testament or whatever, that if these verses clearly mean this, and this verse here sounds similar, but I don't know what it means, then I know the Bible can't contradict itself. And so therefore I know that this verse must mean that. And then lastly, I would be, would be uh, consultation. So you have context, you have culture, you have cross references, and then you have consultation. And that's the idea of, are you using any outside sources like a Bible dictionary, like Mm -hmm. a concordance, like a commentary that will help you take things to a deeper level? Are you looking at the Bible in its original language, Greek and Hebrew to help you understand that? So all those things I just mentioned is the big difference between studying the Bible and, and just merely reading it. And that's what I kind of teach, um, you know, in the program that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Which I want to definitely get into and hear a little bit more about. So basically what you're saying is this, this in-depth study, the, the lexicons, the dictionaries, the concordances, these aren't just for theologians. These are for us. So we can dive deeper. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. No, it's, it's actually prompting me to think that Well, there's two things that are going through my mind. One is, I think a lot of people like to take particular scriptures and they enjoy what it's saying to them and they possibly don't want to dive deeper because maybe I'm going to find out that Jeremiah 29, 11 wasn't for me. Oh, right. (laughs) Maybe it was just for them then. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I don't want to, because it sounds so encouraging. I want to just kind of hang on to this. Exactly. But, you know, so that's one of the things that came to mind. And even some of the more difficult scriptures, the ones that seem um, um, chastising or correcting, we don't want to hear them. But when we see them in the bigger context, it's like, wow, that speaks to a greater plan that God has for my life. So if I do X, Y, Z, I can achieve ABC. I want to get on God's page. Yeah. And it really just, it starts to, um, it starts to open things up a little bit more. And, and I just forgot the other point that I was thinking of. So if Holy Spirit wants it to come back, it will. But yeah. w- what I was hearing as I was listening to you is reading kind of gives us maybe at best the overall context, maybe. Mm-hmm but it still can be confusing because mm-hmm. I can take like, let's hang on to Jeremiah 29, 11. I can hang on to that. And that in itself would sound very encouraging, but it still can be confusing because I don't have enough context to know whether you're speaking to me. Is that a promise for us today or not? So studying it now gets us greater clarity. Exactly. So a perfect example, you know, since, since we're, since we're, we both love the Bible, right? So for instance, if I'm, if I'm just reading the Bible, I'm going to read Jeremiah 29, 11, and I'm going to say, okay, for I know the plans that God has for me, plans to prosper me, 
plans not to harm me, to give me a hope in the future. And I'm going to just going to just embrace that, internalize that, receive that. And okay, Lord, thank you. That feels so good. God has a plan for me. God has a purpose for me. So when I study the Bible, I realized that Jeremiah 29, 11 was not written in some sort of vacuum. It was written by Jeremiah to a group of Jewish people who were, had just been kidnapped, taken captive to Babylon. They'd been removed from the promised land, this beautiful land that was promised to Abraham and all of his descendants. The temple has completely been torn down. The walls of Jerusalem have completely been broken down. The city was destroyed. And all these people are hundreds of miles away in Babylon, feeling hopeless and feeling as though God had abandoned them, who promised to protect them. And God just doesn't have any plans for them anymore. And they're discouraged or distraught. And so Jeremiah, through the Holy Spirit, comes along to encourage them and say, hey, wait, no, lift your heads up. Don't get so angry. Don't get so upset. God does have a plan for you. And it is to prosper you. It is to give you hope. God's plan is not to harm you, right? And so that's the initial context is that Jeremiah, was, Jeremiah wasn't writing to Alan Parr in 2021. He was right. writing to a group of exiles, right? So we have to embrace the what we call the author's original intent. Yes. And then we ask the question, now, how can I extract application right. from my life That's right. in that? Yeah. So that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for you. It doesn't mean that he's not going to exactly. prosper you, but we don't just hang on to that aspect and consume only that. Um, you know, it's, it's reminding me of what you just said earlier. You know, we, we open the Bible and we expect to receive from it. Uh, and, and I find this happening in church as well. You know, I just want to go receive. I want to go receive. And there's nothing wrong with receiving. I don't want to sit under a pastor who can't teach and, and properly exegete the text and apply it to my life. I, it's, it makes it difficult. But at the end of the day, it's not about us. The Bible is about understanding God, who he is, his character, his nature, his ways. So sometimes when we, we go into that, and you covered that in our, um, I, I think you put it, too high of an expectation. If we're constantly expecting to receive, I mean, dare I say, it's kind of selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible was written not for, for us to try to conform it to our lives. Am I saying that properly? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. It, it, it was meant to change us. Yeah. So let me, let me rephrase that. The, we aren't meant to change scripture to suit us. The Bible was written to change us. Yes. So when we now start to study, which we start to dive in, what did this word mean? Why did he say it this way? One of the things I love to do when I read the scripture is um, contrasting. Like, why did you say this and not that? Uh -huh. Why this many and not that many? And mm -hmm. like you said, I think you even mentioned this in your course, one little thing after another can just lead you down this trail where you can yes. get lost yes. for hours. Now, I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you don't have to. But when you start to understand and you dive a little bit deeper, it, it ignites a passion within you and you just want to dig even deeper. So yes. while we're on that, I mean, I, I, I was absolutely I was blown away by your excellence and the attention to detail that you put into this course. 
but I would love it if you'd share with our listeners just a little bit more about what the course is about, what they can expect from it, because of course I'm going to make reference to it. I have to, it's, it's excellent, my friends. Oh, thank you so much. So um, the name of the course is called Bible Study Made Easy. And we've since bundled that with another course that we have called Logos, uh, Mastering Logos, Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother animal of uh, Logos Bible software as a software that helps you really go deeper, whatever. And so we've bundled them together into what's called the Bible Study Toolkit. But um, digressing, let's just focus on the Bible Study Made Easy course. And so this is basically a self-paced course that uh, when you enroll in it, you essentially get access to over six hours of training, over 50 lessons. There are quizzes, there are worksheets, there are cheat sheets, there are checklists, there are downloads, all of which come in the form of about a 70-page interactive workbook that you download. And what I love about the course is that it's not just listening to Alan Parr um, you know, the sage on the stage type of thing where I'm just teaching you all the time. No, I'm challenging you to do the activities and do the work for yourself. So it's in the form of I'm teaching you the concept and then I'm giving you an assignment to do to see how well you applied what I've just taught. And then we have a private Facebook group where you can get involved, you can share things with people, you can get engaged. And so there's a community aspect of it as well. And so essentially, you know, just briefly, um, we take people through a process called inductive Bible study, where the first thing we do is we help them get a working knowledge of the Bible. So we, we go through the whole story of the Bible in about an hour. So that way, anything that you read for the rest of your life, hopefully you'll be able to fit it within the bigger picture of what God is doing. So we take you chronologically through Genesis, through Revelation. That's the first step. And then we go into what's called observations, where we teach you to focus on different words, different phrases, to pay attention to sentence structure and things like that, that most Christians kind of skip past, but it slows you down and forces you to actually pay attention to certain things. But then the third module is my favorite And that's where we get into interpretation. And this is where we start talking about how do you use a Bible dictionary? How do you use a concordance? How do you choose a concordance? Uh, How do you choose a commentary? Things like that. And then we look at like, what are the basic principles of good, godly, biblical interpretation? In other words, how can I make sure that when I come to the text, what are the rules of engagement, if you will, that are going to guarantee that I'm going to get as close as possible the correct interpretation of this particular passage. So we talk about all those things. Mm. We show you how to do a Greek and Hebrew word studies. You can study the Bible in your own languages. And then of course we have the uh, last module where it's just all about application. And obviously that's the step that a lot of people forget. So we have a whole module that shows you how to really apply the Bible and how you can get uh, meaning from it and uh, hopefully experience life change. And all these modules have worksheets, checklists, assignments, and cheat sheets and everything. So that's just a kind of an elevator pitch overview of of how it works. I love it. Guys, it is an excellent course. And as intense and as in-depth as it is, I found it so easy to go through. I mean, he lived up to the name. The All of the lessons are these bite-sized chunks and you go at your own pace. You can go back if you need to. You can redo them if you need to. It is going to walk you through step by step. You're going to feel like a theologian by the time you're done. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So, Alan, it has been such an honor to have you on this show today. I I want to ask you one more question. 
Sure. What would you say to that one who's listening or watching right now that wants to draw closer to God, but is having un- trouble understanding the Bible? Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I would say would be to, to really check your heart and make sure that there's nothing in your heart or in your life right now that might be hindering the connection that God wants to have with you. You know, reading and studying the Bible is not like reading a textbook or a journal article or, or entry or something like that. To understand it, it really requires the Holy Spirit to, to open your eyes to the scripture. So if there's un- unforgiveness in your life, if there's relational conflict in your life, if there's unconfessed, unrepentant sin in your heart, Psalm 66, 18, if I do not confess my sins, the Lord will not hear my prayers, things like that. So first thing I would say is that really check your heart and make sure there's nothing that's hindering that. Another thing I would say would be, you know, are you giving yourself the best possible possibility or, or if you, whatever the word is, are, are you setting yourself up for the best possible experience with God? by committing unhurried and uninterrupted time with God. Those are the two words you want to focus on, uninterrupted and unhurried. Am I getting into God's presence knowing I only have about 10 minutes and I need to get in and get out because I got to go to get ready to go to work? How can I really expect to really get something from God uh, in that way? And then also uninterrupted. If I'm constantly, my phone is constantly going off and I'm, you know, we got all these different text messages and, and all those type of things. You know, those are the type of things that can kind of hinder us. Mm. Uh, And then the final thing I'll say is just that being consistent. If you don't get something, quote unquote, today, uh, don't give up, you know, go back tomorrow and try again and and just know that God wants to speak to you. He wants to open up his uh, he wants your word to be clear uh, to you. It's his gift to you. And so I would just encourage people along those lines. Great. Oh wonderful nuggets of wisdom. Thank you, Alan. I greatly appreciate it. So where can our viewers and listeners stay in touch with you? What's the yeah, best sure. So um, hopefully they will uh, join me on YouTube. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called The Beat by Alan Parr. It's an acronym. Check it out, guys. For... Definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun. It's, it's The Beat is short for Biblical Encouragement and Truth. That's the, the the name of it, and so people can you consume all sorts of content on there. Uh, over 500 videos on a variety of topics. But if they're just wanting to get to know me a little bit more and everything that we do as a ministry, then they can go to alanpar.com and they can find it there. Terrific, awesome, Alan. Thank you so much. It has been such an honor. What a blessing it has been to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks so much, Chris. And uh, it's been great to to be on the show with you guys. Awesome, guys. So what I'll do is I'm going to go ahead and include a link in the description section, as well as on the show notes for Alan's YouTube channel, the link to his course and to his website. So I want to encourage you to go check him out. He is a wealth of wisdom. So, all right, my friend, that's all the time that we have for today. Until next time, remember, all things are possible with God. Thank you for listening to the Building Faith Podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more resources mentioned in this podcast, go to chrisreese.com. While you're there, help us keep the Building Faith Podcast on the air by becoming a monthly supporter or by making a one-time donation. Well, my friend, until next time, remember, all things are possible with God.